0: Acting as moderator for tonight's broadcast. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. If you're going to water ski on the red wave, you got to remember to hold the line. It's high noon. Monday, January 11th, 2021, you can follow the podcast on who knows anymore at I'm your moderator on rumble. There's a channel there at I'm your moderator on cloud hub. There's a channel there at I'm your moderator on gab. There's a channel there. And the best thing you can do is get the Telegram Messenger app and go to t.me slash I'm your moderator, t.me slash discussion for the chat thread. I think that covers it all. So I'm going to start with the major mainstream narratives and crush them immediately, and then we can move on to what I think is potentially happening and what I think might happen. All right. First, mainstream narrative. Nancy Pelosi thinks she's going to get Donald Trump out of the presidency. That is an act of utter desperation. And, you know, we all got conditioned to understand this idea 20 years ago or 19, whatever. Who's doing math? 19 years, four months ago to the day I did math. You're welcome. But witnessing 9-11 and then witnessing the fallout and then witnessing how 9-11 was used to achieve political goals is something we've all become accustomed to. Same thing with the financial collapse in 2008. We assigned blame, didn't punish anyone, and then the government and banks seized more control. That's what happens. Same thing with coronavirus. Right? Lie to us about what really happened. Assign blame to the wrong parties. Assume more control. Even the mainstream now agrees that the coronavirus came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So I've said this before, but one way or another, trust the science is not an intelligent retort to anything anymore if you understand the fact that the science brought us the virus. Could it have been a mistake? Yes. Could it have been a biological weapon? Yes. But now we're to the point where it's only one or the other. It's not some Chinese person eating a bat or a pangolin I mean, what kind of moronic stupidity would allow us to believe that that was definitely it to the point of calling every other explanation for the emergence of that virus a conspiracy theory that is crazy. But forget about that. The point I'm making is the event now is what happened on the 6th at the Capitol. But that narrative is falling apart as all their narratives do. They play such stupid narratives and they play them so badly that they actually, like, expose themselves before they achieve the desired effect. And they did that with COVID. And they pretty much did it with the financial crisis. 9-11 was a little tougher to see, you know, how they exploited it at least with the Patriot Act and unending, unending wars. But most of us at the beginning like tried to unify around that event and we ceded too much control to these people without actually monitoring what they were doing. And that's been our trend as a country for decades now. We get distracted with television or nice things or work and we forget that we actually have to participate in society by informing ourselves and informing the people around us. That is actually a responsibility of ours. Otherwise people can slowly amass control while we're asleep at the wheel. And that's what got us here in the first place. So we definitely can't slide back there. But the sixth was an event that I don't believe will go down in history the way they're pretending. I mean, there were people on interviews this weekend. These are, you know, communists and idiots. Imagining that somehow the attack on the Capitol was domestic terrorism, was caused by everyone that supports Donald Trump and was basically 9-11. Of course, that's not true. The woman inside was shot by an officer. The man outside who died, contrary to reporting, was not killed by having his head beaten in with a fire extinguisher. He died from a heart condition, and his family has asked for his death not to be publicized. Another officer in the Capitol Police committed suicide over the weekend. When you hear stuff like that, you should imagine quote marks around the word suicide. So what else happened? Yes, some windows were broken. And yes, some people walked around the Capitol and sat in other people's chairs. Horrifying, absolutely horrifying. Some of them even dressed the part. Viking guy, who knows who Viking guy is? No one. He's either a Trump supporter or Antifa or military or arrested. And no one knows. Because there's no good information anymore. And until something happens in reality that you can see, there's no point in believing any of it. So you just. It's like a choose your own adventure book, right? When you're about to choose which page to skip to. You got to skip to both pages and just think if it's one way, what would that mean? If it's the other way, what would that mean? And then you got to let it play out. It's okay not to know stuff. I know this is a tense time for everyone. It's tense time for me too. I mean, I am obviously more optimistic about this than many people and that's fine. I have the information to back up my optimism. I don't know. Where the pessimism comes from, unless you are still getting the bulk of your information, either from mainstream media or from other people repeating the mainstream media narrative or them putting onto social media parts of that narrative or their opinions that support that narrative or their silly articles about how Trump is about to be impeached. Okay. So Nancy Pelosi is trying to use impeachment to get Trump out of office with eight days remaining in his term. Does that make any sense whatsoever when you compare it to the reason she's saying that has to happen? Of course not. Now, I've had this argument with people who who I love and respect, people who are close to me in my life, who still pay attention to the mainstream media and only know what they've seen there. They don't watch the full event because they don't find themselves that interested. All of this makes them want to turn the TV off. They say things like, I don't like talking about politics. And, you know, I have some sympathy for that point of view. But the truth is that, like, you don't really have a choice right now. Because we are at war. You can think that that's overstating things, but it's not. I'm going to get into more of that later. But consider this. We had a million some odd patriots in Washington, D.C. Now, if Trump had incited a coup. Would it have really been over in an hour with. Tens of people breaking in to take over the government. I mean, what? It makes no sense. And at the same time, the same people will say, well, Trump supporters just do whatever he says. They're delusional and they just think he's like their God. They're in a cult. Like they just do whatever he says. Oh, really? Okay. well, then now you have two options. Either Trump supporters don't do what he said. Or he didn't say the thing that you're pretending he said. But the truth is they're actually wrong about both. Not only do Trump supporters not just unthinkingly do whatever he says. He also didn't say to go take over the Capitol. He just didn't. He said things like, let's go cheer on our members of Congress. There was no time during the day where he said to do anything except peacefully. So a million people are there. Trump says he's launching a coup by their interpretation of his words. And let's also remember, we're talking about people who have zero ability to interpret Trump's words. Okay, and they don't even bother because they've been told not to bother. They've been told that Trump is always lying and then they can just read a fact check And be like, oh, yeah, good. That thing I was worried about. He was just lying. Now I have an excuse from lead stories. Okay. Which part of the narrative do you want to give up, Kami? Which part? Because if you're the smart one and you're the one who's not delusional, how can you hold all these thoughts in your head at the same time? A million Trump supporters there. The only incident that anyone hears about was at the Capitol. The incident at the Capitol was very minor and not at all unprecedented. That's the crazy. I mean, I don't want to get off track, but that's the craziest part. You can go back and see other times where people have gone into the Capitol. So all of that is madness. Now, there are two articles that are worth looking at about this. Raheem Kassam today in the National Pulse talks about the timing of the events and how it's literally impossible for people to have left Donald Trump's speech and gone down to the Capitol by the time people started uh, infiltrating the Capitol and overrunning the security who opened barriers for them and opened doors for them. So that didn't happen. And my first thought reading that and hearing him talk about it this morning was, well, yeah, but they were probably just watching Trump's speech on their phones. And he made a great point, like with that many people in DC and that many people in such a, you know, clustered area, there was no phone service. And they know that from people on the ground there. There was very little phone service. So the likelihood of anyone being there, seeing Trump's speech and being like, oh, I'm incited now. I'm incited to riot. From Trump's very low tone speech. That incited people. That's what we're meant to believe. Again, that's crazy. Now, in the Washington Post last night, and by the way, this is a tip-off to uh, Raheem Kassam again, making the point that the time at which they release pieces of news is telling in regards to how many people they want to see that piece of news. So if they release something at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, On a Sunday night, you can assume that they don't want anyone to see it. But people, of course, will always see it. So. Wait, I misspoke. The article actually dropped at eight thirty eight Pacific, which is eleven thirty eight Eastern. Two days before Congress was set to formalize President-elect Joe Biden's victory, Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sund was growing increasingly worried about the size of the pro-Trump crowds expected to stream into Washington in protest. Now, remember, this is the Washington Post. To them, everyone at the event was a Trump supporter. We know for a fact that's not true. Antifa members, Black Lives Matter members, have been arrested and, of course, released Because them going into the Capitol isn't the problem. We know that New York Post has reported about it. You can see it with video. There have been arrests. This is not a secret. So describing it as just Trump supporters. Is already silly. To be on the safe side. Sun Sund asked House and Senate security officials for permission to request that the D.C. National Guard be placed on standby in case he needed quick backup. But. Sund said Sunday. Yeah. What a sentence. But Sund said Sunday. They turned him down. In his first interview since pro-Trump rioters stormed the U.S. Capitol last week, Sund, who has since resigned his post, said his supervisors were reluctant to take formal steps to put the guard on call, even as police intelligence suggested that the crowd President Trump had invited to Washington to protest his defeat probably would be much larger than earlier demonstrations. House Sergeant at Arms Paul Irving said he wasn't comfortable with the optics of formally declaring an emergency ahead of the demonstration, Sun said. Meanwhile, Senate Sergeant of Arms, Sergeant at Arms Michael Stenger, suggested that Sund should informally seek out his guard contacts, asking them to lean forward and to be on alert in case Capitol Police needed their help. That's very interesting. So the Senate Sergeant at Arms said that Sund should informally seek out his guard contacts. That means go around normal channels because the normal channels have been corrupted and will not help. Who are the normal channels? Well, Nancy Pelosi in the House, Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer in the Senate. Shocker. Irving could not be reached for comment. A cell phone number listed in his name has not accepted messages since Wednesday. Messages left at a residence he owns in Nevada were not immediately returned. And there was no answer Sunday evening at a Watergate apartment listed in his name. A neighbor said he had recently moved out. Okay, so the house sergeant at arms is unable to be found since Wednesday. Very interesting. Stanger declined Sunday to comment when a reporter visited his Virginia home. I really don't want to talk about it, he said. It was the first of six times Sun's request for help was rejected or delayed, he said. Two days later, on Wednesday afternoon, his forces already in the midst of crisis, Sun said he pleaded for help five more times as a scene far more dire than he had ever imagined unfolded on the historic Capitol grounds. An army of 8,000 pro-Trump demonstrators streamed down Pennsylvania Avenue after hearing Trump speak near the White House. Now, remember... Read Raheem Kassam. The army is streaming down after hearing Trump's speech. 8,000 demonstrators streaming down Pennsylvania Avenue after hearing Trump's speech. Okay? Now, what did Raheem Kassam say? It wasn't really physically possible to go from one to the next at the time. Rioters entered the Capitol. So right here, the premise of this paragraph is wrong, and this is clear disinformation. Sun's outer perimeter on the Capitol's west side was breached within 15 minutes. Another fact leading to the idea that this is disinformation. Within 15 minutes. With 1,400 Capitol police officers on duty, his forces were quickly overrun. Yes. And what a stand they put up. I mean, what? 8,000 people overran 1,400 armed guards on the mission to make sure no one gets into the Capitol. That happened that happened. Who is going to believe that happened? That didn't happen. If they wanted to all be in the building, they all would have gone in Jesus. I can't even believe we have to live in an information universe. So, so utterly retarded. If we would have had National Guard, we could have held them at bay longer until more officers from our partner agencies could arrive, he said. Held them at bay longer, yes. Just before 2 p.m., the pro-Trump mob entered the Capitol, sending lawmakers and staff scrambling for safety. D.C. police had quickly dispatched hundreds of officers to the scene, but it wasn't enough. At 2.26 p.m., Sun said, he joined a conference call to the Pentagon to plead for additional backup. I am making an urgent, urgent, immediate request for National Guard assistance, Sund recalled, saying. I've got to get boots on the ground. Turns out that was actually wrong, wasn't it? Because Donald Trump made a statement and Trump supporters left. Why? Because their intention was never to take over the fucking capital, you morons. On the call were several offic- several. Yowza. Officials from the D.C. government, as well as officials from the Pentagon, including Lieutenant General Walter E. Pyatt, Director of the Army Staff. Take note, Army. The D.C. contingent was flabbergasted to hear Piatt say that he could not recommend that his boss, Army Secretary Ryan McCarthy, approve the request. I don't like the visual of the National Guard standing a police line with the Capitol in the background. Piat said, according to Sun and others on the call, again and again. Sun said, "The situation is dire." Recalled John Falchicchio. I think that's right. Hopefully, my Italian is accurate. John, the chief of staff for DC Mayor Muriel E. Bowser, literally, this guy is on the phone. I mean, crying out for help. It's burned in my memories. <laughs> bro, pull your pants up for fuck's sake. Pentagon officials have emphasized that the Capitol police did not ask for DC guard backup ahead of the event or request to put a riot contingency plan in place with guardsmen at the ready and then made an urgent request as rioters were about to breach the building, even though the guard isn't set up to be a quick reaction force like the police. We rely on Capitol Police and federal law enforcement to provide an assessment of the situation, Pentagon spokesman Jonathan Hoffman said during a news conference last week. And based on that assessment that they had, they believed they had sufficient personnel and did not make a request. Oh, got it. So for every person, it's someone else's fault. Despite Sund's pleas, the First National Guard personnel didn't arrive at the Capitol until 5.40 p.m. after four people had died and the worst was long over. Uh Uh-huh. Sund, 55, offered his resignation the next day, telling friends he felt he had let his officers down. Many lawmakers, infuriated by the breach and angry that they had been unable to reach Sund at the height of the crisis, were only too happy to accept it. Uh Uh-huh. I bet Sund has a big book deal coming up soon. His experience of January 6th, a dark day in American history. I bet it'll actually be called a dark day or a dark day in American history. One man's desperate cries go unheeded as the nation is taken over in a violent coup. That's a subtitle. Under pressure from lawmakers, Stenger and Irving also resigned. In a wide-ranging interview, Sun sought to defend his officers, who he said had fought valiantly. And with threats of violence looming ahead of Biden's January 20th inauguration, he says he remains worried. Yes, valiant fighters all. Hey, I'm going to hit you. Okay, I'll open the gate. Got it. Valiant. Fucking knight in shining armor, valiant. I guess that guy with the uh, the stilt poking through the window must have soundly defeated Sir Lancelot. My concern is if they don't get their act together with physical security, it's going to happen again, he said. As he prepared for last week's demonstrations, Sund drew on decades of experience. Blah, 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 fucking blah. The rest of this article is blah, blah, blah. It's the same shit because they're trying to... bury the facts that that are actually at play in this article and make this all look like this guy cried out for help, but nothing was enough. We couldn't stop the Trump supporters, those evil Trump supporters from doing what the president told them, even though he didn't say it. And even though they couldn't have gotten there in time. Okay. Okay. I'm going to let that little Washington Post story die. But the point here is they are using that event to enact political goals. Nancy Pelosi is using it as an excuse why the 25th Amendment must happen right now or impeachment. They're going to impeach the president in two days. If he doesn't resign, Nancy Pelosi, after yesterday giving Mike Pence 24 hours to initiate the 25th Amendment, has now given him another 24 hours to initiate the 25th Amendment. James Clyburn, hero of Democrats in South Carolina, said that the Congress may not, may not send the articles of impeachment to the Senate during Biden's first hundred days, you know, because they don't want the distraction while they focus on uniting America. They don't want to distract themselves with an urgent impeachment that is directly because of January 6th. Hey, communists, get your messaging straight, you fucking morons. These people are so bad at what they do. And again, like the information thing, the reason is because they have done it with no opposition for so long. Like if you understand the levels of corruption along with the election stealing, you understand that these people are in these positions of power untouchably. The elections don't matter for Nancy Pelosi. They matter so little that she had California fucking change the laws so that another Democrat could run against her. That's not an election. That is a PR campaign for an up-and-coming Democrat that they also choose. Has anyone seen video in the last 30 years of Nancy Pelosi debating her rival candidate? I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but wouldn't you know it? I mean, what? We just assume that California... And her district in particular just thinks she's the cat's meow. Like all her voters are just fans of old ladies with somehow massive tits. Oh, no. Did I did I objectify? (laughs) Oh, my God. Now you'll never unsee it. Go fuck yourselves. So. They're just bad at all this stuff. They don't have the ability to do it well because they're not ever in the fight. Nancy Pelosi is just pushing little buttons on a power machine, okay? She's not out there debating and doing the work and telling people what's good about what she's trying to do. They never tell you what's good about what they're trying to do. They only... Decide groups of people that you're hurting if you don't agree with them and then tell them how bad those people are already hurt and that your thing is going to help them. Doesn't matter how doesn't matter if you have proof that those things actually help. All that matters is that you're evil if you don't support it, period. So we have Clyburn saying that it's not going to happen within the first hundred days. We have Nancy Pelosi saying it needs to happen desperately immediately or else. We have Mike Pence, who she's called on multiple times to invoke the 25th Amendment and doesn't seem to have reached him for some reason. And then she has minions on both sides running around the Sunday shows like AOC and Chris Christie and a bunch of other communist traitors. Talking about how, yes, oh, this is an impeachable offense, no doubt. Incitement against the U.S. government, the U.S. Capitol is an impeachable offense. What? What are you talking about? It is now an impeachable offense for the president to encourage peaceful protest against a stolen election because they don't like the president. And because they created a situation of violence, there is video evidence of John Sullivan, the Antifa guy, riling up this entry into the Capitol. There also seems to be evidence that some good guys were in there with them and got a whole bunch of laptops. One of them is Nancy Pelosi's. And she tells people, oh, that was just for PowerPoint presentations. Really, dummy? Then why was it on your desk? You were just working on presentations this morning. You don't have anybody that does that for you. You make your own PowerPoint presentations. The Speaker of the House of the United States makes her own PowerPoint presentations. Got it, Nancy. That makes sense. Now, as always, I want to say this. This is unconfirmed information. And I'm going to be speaking about other unconfirmed information from here on. Okay. At points. And I want you to understand not to take that stuff as 100%. It is one possible path in the choose-your-own-adventure. It is information among other information. All right? It is your job. If you doubt what I'm saying or you think what I'm saying is right, if you want to know whether or not it is, go look for it yourself. Okay? I can give you the best information I have and the way I think it fits into the bigger picture, but we are right now in a world where there is no confirmed information available. One good thing to do is to, if you're taking in the mainstream narrative, understand that that is what they want everyone to hear. Understand that their goal is explicitly anti-Trump and it is anti this country. Okay? They are delivering the Chinese globalist viewpoint to you, and that is it. That's why they all say the same things with the same words and the same phrasing. Okay? Even when one of them goes a little left like MSNBC or a little right like Fox, they are just uh, communicating to slightly different listeners. But they are giving the same information. The same underlying narrative is coming through to both. They're just slightly different in terms of the beliefs of their audience. So they're appealing to different people but saying the same thing. Okay? It's an important distinction to make and to understand. And by the way, I'm not like covering the ass of other news organizations. Okay? I'm not saying that there's any place that's not biased. I'm not saying that. But the mainstream media is reproducing the mainstream narrative. And I believe that now that includes Newsmax because it seems that they shut off the feed to Mike Pompeo's speech earlier. We don't need to go deep into Mike Pompeo's speech. It was a good one. You should watch it. It's on the the state.gov site, Secretary of State site. It's also on uh, VOA. I think it's VOAListen.com, Voice of America. That is a place that is probably good to bookmark. Pompeo sounded very confident in what they have going on right now. He was focused primarily on the problem of the CCP. And I believe today they have designated Cuba as a state sponsor of terror. So that's a real thing. There is a lot going on in the world right now. And the mainstream media is covering 0% of it. Okay, they are just simply only trying to delegitimize Trump as much as possible. So that he can't act. But the thing is, they know he's going to act because they know that they can't get him out of office. So they know he's going to act for a fact. They know he's going to act. What they want is to make sure that when he acts, their viewers will respond to it in horror and think Trump is doing something wrong. We do not need to listen to any of that. They have shown who they are. Okay. Defeating that in the world right now is all that matters. There is absolutely no reason to doubt which side of this is good and which side is evil. It doesn't matter how many times they tell you about uniting or unifying or stabilizing. Okay, all of that is bullshit. All of it. Don't listen to that. We are seeing the world's greatest evil rise up right now. We have all learned about it in the history books. They are not hiding anymore. Okay, so the piece of unconfirmed information is this. If we are to believe that some good guys infiltrated in Antifa or with Antifa to enter the capital and were the ones in the offices and are the ones with the laptops, then we have quite a bit of new intelligence. Now, again, rumor. But the intelligence is believed to be communications between Democrat officials and probably some Republicans. And the Chinese Communist Party, the media and Antifa. Okay, Democrat Congress people and senators, including Republicans, by the way, communists in office should not be communicating with communists out of office. All of that is anti-American conspiracy. We don't need to provide further analysis. Okay? You're not supposed to do that. It's in your goddamn oath. So we'll see how the laptop stuff comes into play. There are reports that what was found on the laptop or one of the laptops was an eminent deal between General Electric, who supplies the country with a lot of military machinery and the Chinese Communist Party, that is a great American company, great in quotes, selling our military to China. That's very bad. Now, it's claimed that that deal was going down in Pakistan, and that's why the lights were shut off in, I think, 43 percent of Pakistan on Saturday. The lights have also been shut off at the Vatican for two nights in a row. I'll get into some more of that. And there have been other places that have experienced blackouts. We'll talk about that later. Focus right now. Big tech and what they have done. All right. Twitter banned Donald Trump. Facebook, Instagram, all the other fucking sites, even Spotify. Are banning Donald Trump. Immediately when that happened. People started leaving Twitter and heading over to Parler, which is very much like Twitter, except if you look on Wikipedia, it's, a, it's an extremist platform. It's nothing of the sort. Neither is Gab, for that matter. This is, it's just so preposterous that they keep trying to say that everything is racism. Everything that they want to delegitimize is racist. Okay, that's the definition of racism for these people. It has nothing to do with your skin color, has nothing to do with your class. It has nothing to do with whether or not you're oppressed. It only has to do with whether or not they want to delegitimize something else while making themselves look like good people instead of the reprehensible people they are. All right. It is a platform. You using it doesn't affect its platform status and doesn't make you a racist. What they want is to make sure that no one from their team or in the middle somehow sees what is actually happening. Again, just like what went down on the 6th. The evidence starts, the infiltration of the capital starts, and then the evidence stops. Until it's dark and everyone's already forgotten about it and they say to themselves, well, you know, I already know Biden's president-elect, so might as well just see it in the morning. (laughs) And so no one sees it. That's the point. Make sure that people don't get information that they don't approve of. That is what state media does. I said this six months ago. None of this is hard to see. People do see it at different times as they move on across the political spectrum as they realize, hey, my morality doesn't match up with any of this at all. And speaking of that, by the way, sorry to revert back to the whole uh, discussion about the Capitol, but now the FBI, that very trusted organization, is saying that they are concerned about armed protests at the Capitol and in every state's capital from January 16th to January 20th. Now, the FBI has absolutely no credibility whatsoever. We also know that Trump supporters do not go to armed rallies. That is not what they do. That's not what they set up and plan. This is preposterous. It's silly. It's nowhere. Now, if they can cite little places online where people are talking about that, fine. I can show you congressmen's Twitters and Kamala Harris's Stephen Colbert appearance. Where she told the protesters and rioters of last summer to go harder, even though they were burning down businesses and killing people. That's real. OK, so if they're worried about some anonymous people, on Gab or Parler, but not their own congresspeople on Twitter or their pretend vice president-elect on, what is it, The Late Show? Yeah, I guess The Late Show. How in the fuck did Stephen Colbert take over for David Letterman and turn into this? I mean, maybe David Letterman sucks too. I don't know. I just always liked him. I actually liked Colbert too, but fuck, man. What a disappointment. And what an absolute chill and ridiculous baby man, like crying. (laughs) Fuck, man. How are all these people so preposterously lame? Uh, It sucks. Anyway, so big media, big tech. So I want to try to get the, uh, the course of events correct here. Right. So Google App Store took Parler off the App Store. Then Apple App Store took the parlor off. So now what they're saying is, hey, you guys can't even have this platform. You're not allowed to have this. That's crazy. That's authoritarian. From the most powerful companies on Earth. In collusion with the Democrat Party, some Republicans, the Chinese Communist Party, and the literal most powerful other people on earth. That little old guard is now able to decide that free speech platforms cannot be downloaded onto your phone because they're worried too much about what someone might say. Why did they do that? Why did Nazis burn books? I think those two questions have very similar answers. So even after that, Jeff Bezos decided that's not enough. And so Amazon's cloud services, AWS, Amazon web services, I think it's called. In fact, I know what it's called. I don't know why I said, I think I just fucked up the first thing, whatever. They decided that not only was taking parlor out of app stores Appropriate. They decided that they wanted to take Parler completely off the internet. Why? Well, the first answer, of course, is because they could. The second answer is because Parler immediately started skyrocketing. And they have to allow Twitter to retain its place, right? But that's not working because Twitter just lost $5 billion in market value today. Where is that going to be made up? Did the investors want to do this? A lot of people just lost a whole lot of money while a few men at the tops of the biggest companies in the country committed treason. Now, Trying to make it, and by the way, I count the media companies in this as well because they're not going to show any Trump speech. They set that tone months and months ago. It is a threat to national security for the president to not be able to talk to the citizens. It is also a threat to individual security for citizens not to be able to talk to each other. It's not just about taking down the platform. It's about taking away people's address book at this point. There are people who talk on these platforms who have absolutely no other way of contacting one another. They don't have each other's phone numbers. They have no way of getting in touch. So what they did was strip away your ability to even know who you were talking to and how to reach that person. If I wasn't so confident that the end result would be achieved, that would be horrifying. And of course, that's their goal to horrify everybody. There are stories this weekend about uh, two women getting kicked off a plane for having a private conversation about Donald Trump where they weren't saying that they hated him. That's madness. That's absolute madness. You can't have a private conversation with another person. That's how worried they are about other people being able to realize that they are not alone in their thoughts. That's why we weren't allowed to go to bars and restaurants for the last year. Because when we get social, people actually realize, oh, hey, that person I like disagrees with me. They can't yell at them through email or kick them out of Zooms. When people see each other in real life and have conversations people's opinions naturally gravitate toward the center because they see humanity in the other side's opinions. If you have extremists like the communists in Hollywood, those people only hang out with each other. They don't even go around other people, so they don't know any other opinions. Instead, they repeat the same narratives back and forth to themselves, and they enact social costs for not agreeing with them. So people will continue to press the extreme narrative further and further. But we cannot allow ourselves to be horrified by the bleak future we're imagining, because that future isn't here and isn't coming. And fuck, if it is, I'll be equally as horrified. But I don't believe it is. And the truth is what they want is to provide scare events so that you won't push the boundaries the next time. You think, oh man, I don't want that to happen to me. I guess I better just shut up. That's what got us here. I said this months and months ago, okay? For people who are afraid to step up and stand up and say that they support Donald Trump, that they like America, that they want America to remain strong. If you don't step up and say that because you're worried about some friends or you're worried about your job, more than you're worried about having to live through this, You got your priorities real fucked up. I don't care how much you like your job, and I don't care about your friends. If your friend is going to turn on you for that opinion, that person is not your friend, period. If your job requires your silence, you are a slave. If you know the truth and you're afraid to speak it because of friends or your job, you are not meant for this moment. This matters. There is nothing after this if it goes wrong. Okay? We can't win back with our vote. The vote is controlled by them. We know that to be true. You gotta stand up. When they try to silence you, when they try to shut you down, when they run stories about people getting kicked off planes or people being doxxed and losing their jobs, you have to keep fighting when the state, in this case, the Chinese state, oppresses you and you allow it because you think it's going to get better or you think you can stay comfortable. You're on a slippery slope. To hell, we are not going to do that. We will move from platform to platform to platform. We have already built new information networks. That's why they took parlor down. They are scared. All of those companies committed crimes this weekend. This stuff is going to seal their fate. Remember the executive orders. The executive order on foreign election interference was used for the first time today to note a series of Russians involved in disinformation operations designed to affect the outcome of our election. Is that list going to grow? Uh-huh. Is Russia first because the media might report it? Maybe. We'll see how it goes. But that executive order allows them who sees everything. Are we going to imagine that Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg with his little organization, by the way, $500 million that he invested is more than the federal government spends on elections. And many of the places he invested did not use the money they already had set aside for elections and used his instead because his actually made them do things to make the election go his direction. And his money had a clawback provision, which means that they had to do those things. At any point, the president has the power to take down all of these people justifiably and by law. Remember that. This is playing out how it has to play out, but we are not defeated. And the entire world hates these people. You have to remember that the world is on our side. The world is seeing what these companies will do to them and do to their countries. Everybody has these platforms or at least enough people do, that it certainly matters. This isn't just some small event. This is a huge event. If you want to compare things to 9-11, this would be a much better comparison because the magnitude of what they just did this weekend is enormous. They said to the president of the United States, we are more powerful than you and it's going to stay that way and we're going to make sure of it. Really? That's the bet they felt comfortable making. That is pretty incredible. And I forget who brought this up this weekend, but if Section 230 protects them as a platform and not a publisher, how the hell do they maintain that while shutting other people's platforms down in a coordinated fashion? And that's what they did. So I don't want to make this go on too long. I know everybody's kind of like just scrambling for information as fast as possible right now. I am too, which is weird for me to spend an hour doing this and not like knowing what the fuck's going on. But here is what I have learned this weekend and my best assessment of it. Again, all of this stuff is unconfirmed, and you have to leave it there, okay? So, a good guy to follow on YouTube and wherever else is this channel called Monkey Works, and he's former military, and he basically sits there and shows you where all the military planes are in the sky and what that could mean. It's fucking fascinating, and it's really good information. You can see that there are clearly sizable operations going on right now. So over the weekend, we had the Pakistan blackout, which I mentioned earlier. We had the Vatican blackout, which I mentioned earlier. There were reports of blackouts in uh, Belgium and potentially Brussels, which is the seat of the European Union. Um, Iran is saber rattling. North Korea is saber rattling. And we have troops being deployed All across the country, including in D.C., which I'm a little iffy about because it's National Guard troops there. And I would love to know that. They are all pure patriots, but uh, Virginia Governor Ralph Ralph Northam, the guy in the KKK and blackface picture from his yearbook, who is just super not racist now, I guess is the one who who called them into D.C. on the 6th. So I'm maintaining some skepticism there. And like I said, I don't trust anyone of those people right now. I don't trust anyone that I don't know is like pure patriot and on the program. Um, or with the program, I should say, not on the program. We're not like uh, Patriots Anonymous. Although now that I say it, many patriots... Are anons, So I guess that makes them anonymous. And how about this, by the way? I know I was talking the other day about benefits that Q may have had, regardless of whether or not it's true. But here's one of them. If you wanted to build a digital army in an information uh, war, I can imagine few better ways to do it. Like you literally forced people to take note of every relevant issue and then research them on their own. That is That is remarkable, regardless of of how all of that plays out. But so back to the blackouts, Um, the Pakistan blackout I mentioned earlier was potentially a, a result of Nancy Pelosi's computer getting swiped, even though it just has PowerPoint presentations on it. It's very interesting that Nancy Pelosi was not the Speaker of the House today and had to hand off her role to Debbie Dingell so that. She could pretend to impeach the president, I guess. Where's Nancy? Where's Hunter? Where's Hillary? Where's Barack? Where's Joe? Where's Bill Clinton? Where's James Comey? I want to know the answer to all those questions. Where's Christopher Ray? Where's Mark Zuckerberg? Where's Jeff Bezos? And there's an interesting one. Talking about the monkey works thing, a lot of people have also been paying attention to no-fly zones because we briefly had a no-fly zone above Washington, D.C. yesterday for a couple hours, I think uh, maybe late morning, early afternoon there. And it's believed to be because the president was taking off out of Washington, D.C. Maybe, maybe not. There were fighters deployed and stuff, but we'll see. Um, The one interesting thing, though— Speaking of the no-fly zones, uh, a guy in the info stream tipped me off and was like, hey, there's a no-fly zone right now above Van Horn, Texas. And I was like, well, that's interesting. And I thought, well, is that near the border? Because, you know, we've heard a lot about uh, how much land China has uh, purchased up in the United States. And a couple of weeks ago, Lynn Wood said that we should pay attention to where China is buying land, especially if it's near a border. And I think he may have mentioned Texas, but instantly my mind sprang to, Oh, wonder if uh, China has a big uh, plot of land there. Right? So I look up where Van Horn is and it's in um, far Western Texas, like Northwestern Texas uh, near the Mexico border. And so I typed Van Horn into Quants because I'm not using Google. So the first entry I saw mentioned that Van Horn is a small town in West Texas and features a place called Corn Ranch where Jeff Bezos has a spaceport. Here is the Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Corn Ranch is a spaceport in the West Texas town of Van Horn, Texas. The 670-square-kilometer, 165,000-acre land parcel was purchased by Internet billionaire Jeff Bezos. Current launch license and experimental permits from the U.S. government Federal Aviation Administration authorized flights of New Shepard rockets. The first flight test took place on November 13th, 2006, with the goal of providing commercial tourist flights. Very interesting. So Jeff Bezos (laughs) owns a place where you can send people into space. And that place has a no-fly zone over it every single night for the next week. That's interesting. So I said, hey, I wonder what Silicon Valley looks like right now. Turns out, same no-fly zone. Same schedule, all week. Now, am I an expert at no-fly zones? Nope. Maybe it's always like that so they can always launch their rockets into space as they commit treason and break corporate antitrust laws and a million other things. But maybe not. I'm going to keep an eye on it because that's pretty incredible. You got to remember, the things that are happening right now aren't just oppressive to us, okay? It's not like getting kicked off Facebook where you're like, God damn it. Now I can't use Facebook anymore. And then you think about the future and you're like, Oh, they're going to take all this stuff away from me. I'm not going to be able to have a job. I'm not going to be able to have uh, credit or access my money, which by the way, chase among other banks is already trying to make difficult right now. They're shutting down people's ability to use Zelle and any sort of money transfers. It's crazy, but they are actually breaking laws. Like big fucking laws. They are trying to compromise the national security of the United States of America by doing this. And they're doing it for the Chinese Communist Party and the people who control Joe Biden. And I'm not talking about Kamala Harris. (laughs) Ha ha. That was a joke. So the way I see it, there are only two worlds for these people and for everyone else. Either. Trump is incapable of defending the country right now with the military on his side, which they are. And so I don't believe that scenario is possible or he will surrender. And I mean, barring an immediate nuclear strike that we couldn't stop. On America. I can't imagine anything else would push him into the position of having to surrender. And by the way, I don't think there's great likelihood in that because the Chinese want our land for production, to grow food. They don't want to destroy this place for a generation. So I think that that's extremely unlikely as well. And the other option is that Trump uses the legal means and the force that he has at his disposal. And he does have those things. He didn't write the executive order on interference in our elections from foreign countries for nothing. He didn't write the executive order about barring Chinese military companies from accessing the funds of uh, U.S. investors. Didn't do it for nothing. None of what's happening and what has happened the last few years has been pointless. He didn't provide specific powers and consequences knowing what would happen, and of course he knows, not to use them. They're there to be used for this exact situation. And the other side should be viewed as trying to make those next steps impossible. That's why they've tried to take away his power with the impeachment and the 25th Amendment. That's why they're shutting down his ability to communicate. All of these things are linked together. What they also want to do is demoralize our side so that we get into a place where we think this is hopeless and we just want it all to stop. We're going to just lay down and die. We just want it all to stop, no matter what. That's not what's going to happen. Trump has said, and if you have ever trusted him, trust this. He said, we will never give up. We will never surrender. He's also said, that America will never become a socialist country. He's also said, hey, that Air Force One is really nice. I got Boeing to build me another one. First, it had this one sticker price on it. I took them down 80%, and now I have it. Sweet plane, America. Keep on flying. Now, if something goes crazy today, maybe I'll do another one. I think this is probably going to be it. So right now, I don't mean to lie, but I'm going to guess and say, I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Master lockdowns don't work. Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the range.